Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefo of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegono. Bishop Intefo is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Tonight, I am talking about how a Christian must relate with the Holy Spirit. How a Christian must relate with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Lift up your hands and welcome Him. We welcome you, mighty Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We give you praise. We adore you, Lord. How a Christian must relate with the Holy Spirit. Now, I think over the last three sessions or so, it has been established clearly for those of us who have been coming continuously about the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. is a divine person. He is the third person in the Holy Trinity. Our God is one God, but He has three distinct personalities. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father is the board chairman. The Son is a board member. The Holy Spirit is the managing director who is on earth to manage our lives. How many of you understand that? Then yesterday, we realized from several scriptures that I gave to you, okay, don't, don't accept anything that I say it is not from the Bible. But I gave you several scriptures from the Bible. Acts chapter 2 verse 33. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 4. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 3. And several other scriptures. Acts chapter 7, 54 to 55. I showed you that God the Father is not on earth. He is seated on his throne in heaven. God the Son is seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. What is God the Son doing? Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25. The Bible says that he, he ever lived to make intercession for us. God the, the, the Son is interceding for us. That is the way that Jesus is doing. It is God, the Holy Spirit, who is on earth today. Jesus promised him that he will send, to, he will send him to us as a helper. Amen? 
And so it is the Holy Spirit who is in your life. Lift up your right hand and say, it is the Holy Spirit who is in my life. He is with me. Everywhere I go, He is there. He wants to help me. Hallelujah. You see, we must understand the reality of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But the tragedy, Bishop, is that even though the Holy Spirit is in the lives of all Christians, most Christians have no relationship with you. Most Christians actually don't know. For many of you, you know, it has been these few days that you have understood that even the Holy Spirit is with you. Many Christians feel that when you speak in tongues, the Holy Spirit is here. Okay? That is not the Holy Spirit. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit. In the morning, when the Holy Spirit fell here, people were falling under the power. Alright? That is, that is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. That is the manifestation of His power. But the Holy Spirit Himself is a divine person. Lift up your right hand. Say the Holy Spirit is a divine person. I cannot see him, but he's a real person in my life. Right now, as I'm sitting in church, the Holy Spirit is, is with me. Amen? But even though the Holy Spirit is with most Christians, he is, listen to this, he is an inactive participant in our lives. In other words, he's not playing any role. And that is a tragedy. And that is a tragedy. Because Jesus said, in John chapter 14 and verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. That word comfortless means offense. I will not leave you as often. I will come to you. So Jesus said, When I go, you are going to be orphans. You have no father, no mother, no helper, nobody. And I don't want you to be like that. So I will send you the Holy Spirit who will come so that you will not be an orphan. Now, the Holy Spirit has come. And yet, Many of us are walking in life as orphans because we are not activating, we are not receiving, we are not engaging, we are not enjoying, we are not receiving the help of the Spirit. Why is it so? Because, listen to this, you cannot receive the help of a stranger. And to many believers, the Holy Spirit is a stranger. Yeah. Give me a chair. Put a chair on the stage. Come, Pastor Noble. All right. Yes, please sit. Wow. Come, Pastor Patrick. Sit here. The Holy Spirit. This is a Christian. This is a Christian. This is like one of us here. The Holy Spirit has been sent to him. The Holy Spirit is with him. He's supposed to teach him. He's supposed to instruct him. He's supposed 
to guide him. He's supposed to be his comforter, his helper, his aid. That is the reason why Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to him. But look at the problem. The problem is that he does not have any relationship with him. He does not have any relationship at all. I dare say that for most Christians, since the Holy Spirit came into your life, you have not had any relationship. That is why he's an inactive participant. You see, because out of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's the one that Jesus said, make sure you don't blaspheme against him. He's the one that Paul said, make sure you don't grieve with him. He's the one that Paul said, make sure you don't quench him. That is why the Holy Spirit is compared to a dove. Because a dove is an it's a type of animal that is easily frightened. Yeah. It's easily frightened away. So the Holy Spirit is in your life, but you don't have any relationship with Him. So the question tonight is, how can I relate with the Holy Spirit? Is it Ask those who are married here for many years. One of the main problems is marriage. That, if it is not corrected, destroys a beautiful lifetime union. It's lack of communication. In many marital homes, the atmosphere is like that of a cemetery. Husbands and wives either don't talk much or don't talk at all. Oh yeah. He said, how do you know? How do you know? I've been around this business for a while. Yeah. Look at it. They simply don't talk. When I was, I was practicing in a hospital, I had a patient, she was a, a, a woman, someone 60 something years old. And she had all kinds of problems. And one time I got into talking with her, and her marriage came up. And she said to me, For the last 18 years, even though my husband and myself stay in the same house, we live in different rooms. And I asked her, why is it so? She said, because she, he lied to me. He went behind me and slept with another woman and had a child. And even though he apologized, I have not been able to forget him. So, we are in the same house. But there is no relationship. There is no deep relationship. The Holy Spirit is in your life, alright. But there is no relationship. Now, because there's no relationship, the Holy Spirit is a stranger to you. And you and I know that most of us will not help a stranger. Most of us, we will not help a stranger. If you are walking on the street, and a total stranger came up to you, and said, Sister, I really 
really need money. Can you give me 10,000 lyo? You look at a total stranger. You know, I should give you 10,000. And that, in two days time, this is my telephone number. Please call me, I will pay you. I don't know you from Adam. Okay? So the best you will do is to take some 100 or 200 lyo, you know, as a, as a Christian, and then say, you are blessed, and then you move on. But if you met somebody in this church that you really know, somebody that is in the choir that you really know, you know that they are a member of the church, you know their house, you know their address, you know where they are, when they ask you for help, you are more likely to help them. Because we have no relationship with the Holy Spirit, we cannot assess His help because the Holy Spirit is a total stranger to us. Are you clapping your hands for Jesus? And that is a tragedy. Because he is the one that Jesus said would help you. So today, we are going to answer the question, how does this Christian brother relate with the Holy Spirit? Amen. Now, there is a scripture that we all know. Second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. We call it the grace. We say it every time we come to the end of the service. We say, may the grace, Paul wrote and said, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost, be with you all. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. Now, we always say this to each other in church. Right at the end of the service. We call it the grace. Brothers and sisters, what we don't know is that in the depths of that scripture lies one of the most fantastic revelations about what we can do with the Holy Spirit. And tonight, I pray that by the help of the Holy Spirit, you will receive this deep revelation. Now watch this. Our Trinian God is relating with us. He said, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, when it comes to God the Son, He relates with us. By his abundant grace. It's not because of grace that you are sitting in church. It's not because of grace. Now you look at yourself. No, do you remember your story? I said, do you remember your story? Do you remember where you have come from? It has only taken grace. Hallelujah. The Bible said, therefore, we are saved by faith through grace. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10, for I am what I am, but by the grace of God. He said, I labored more abundantly than them all. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was upon him. And his grace that is upon me was not in vain. So, the Son of God, God the Father, relates with us abundantly, access, can you hear me? By his grace. Grace. It is because of grace that we are in church. 
It is because of God that I am holding a mic and preaching. If I tell you my life story, you tell me, Bishop Interfo, put the microphone down. You need to go out of the church. You don't deserve to stand here to preach what. But the grace of God is what has made it possible for us to be here. The grace of God. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. Some of you, you sit in church and you allow the devil to bring your past against you. The devil tell you, you cannot sin because you are a prostitute. You cannot sin because you are an armed robber. You, have, you cannot sin because you have murdered somebody before. But I thank God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Devil, you cannot hold my past against me. I know I was a prostitute, but now I am new. All things have become new. All things, all things, all things in my life. I made it before, but all things. I killed before, but all things. I insulted somebody before, but all things. I lied against somebody, but all things. All things have become new. I am a new creature. I am a new woman. I am a new man. I am a new person. By the grace, 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 by the grace of the Son of God, lift up your voice and give Jesus a shout of victory. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace. When it comes to God the Father, He relates. God the Son, He relates by His abundant grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. When it comes to God the Father, He relates with us by His abundant love. The Bible says that God is love. As a matter of fact, the reason why we are saved today is because of the love of God. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. When the Bible talks about God loving the world, it's not talking about God loving the mountains, not loving the sea, not loving the rivers, not loving the trees, not loving the birds. When God says, when the Bible says God so loved the world, it's talking about you and I. For God so loved us that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It is because of the love of God that we are here. Hallelujah. It's because of His love. Amen. Now watch this. When it comes to God, the Holy Spirit, it is all different. The Father relates by His abundant love. The Son relates by His abundant grace. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion, the communion of the Holy Spirit. When it comes to God, the Holy Spirit, He relates with us through communion. 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 Now, how are we going to relate with the Holy Spirit? Through communion. Communion. 
That word communion is from the Greek word koinonia. You see, let me give you a little Bible information. The Bible that we have in our hands is made up of 66 books. 39 of them are in the Old Testament and 27 of them are in the New Testament. How many of you understand that? So Genesis to Malachi, that's the Old Testament. Now, the Old Testament was God's word written in the Hebrew language. The language of the people of Israel. There were there were people like Moses and the prophets that God used to write the Old Testament. And the language was the Hebrew language. The New Testament which talks about the life of Jesus, the Gospels, and the writings of Paul and the rest was written in the common language of the day. The common language of the day. You see, in our world today, there are so many languages. But we all agree that the most common language of our world is the English language. It's the English language. Yeah. After English comes French and Spanish and things like that. But the commonest, you go to any corner of the world, you will find people speaking English. You will not find people speaking Creole. Yeah. Or Chi, which is a very common language in Ghana. Do you understand it? Yeah. Since I've been here, nobody has spoken Chi with me. I feel very, I don't feel accepted because somebody is speaking Chi, you know, with me. People speak only Creole. So, in the same way, during the time that the New Testament books were being written, the, the commonest language was the Greek language. So the, so, the New Testament was written in Greek. Now, for us to understand the Bible, the Bible had to be translated. The Old Testament had to be translated from Hebrew to English. And the New Testament had to be translated from Greek to English. That is why we have the English Bible. How many of you understand that? So every word that you see in the Bible has its original meaning. And the word koinonia, which is communion, alright, is the Greek word. Now, in the meanings of the word koinonia, we now begin to understand how we can relate with the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, the koinonia of the Holy Spirit, the communion, alright? So, what is the meaning of the word koinonia? And in those minutes, I revealed how a Christian must relate with the Holy Spirit. Because it says, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, number one. Number one. Communion 
means fellowship. 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 Now, so the first way a Christian, this brother, must be led of the Holy Spirit is to have fellowship with him. Now, what is fellowship? Fellowship just be two fellows in a ship. We are together. Sit down. Sit down. In the life of a Christian, is the Holy Spirit. And the Christian must have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have an amen? amen? Okay. Fellowship is a feeling of friendship that people have when they are talking or doing something together and sharing experiences. Fellowship starts with recognizing Him as a person. So the first thing he must do is to recognize the Holy Spirit as a person. Amen? Alright? Because we don't fellowship with inanimate objects. How do we fellowship? Through worship, through adoring, speaking, fellowship. How do we have fellowship with one another? Being with somebody, speaking with a person, conversing, enjoying the presence of the person. So a Christian, a Christian must consciously okay, converse with the Holy Spirit, chat with Him, ask Him questions, worship Him, bless Him, exhort Him. That is what we do as friends fellowshipping with one another. How many of you agree with me? Yeah. And in Philippians, watch this. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1. The Bible says, if there, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bows and mercies, so there's something called the fellowship of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. You must relate to Him by having fellowship. Yeah. So I come to my brother and I sit with him. We hold our hands. We talk about how the day went, how business went. You know, we just enjoy watching football together. I talk to him. He talks to me. I ask him questions. He asks me questions. We are fellowshipping. We enjoy the presence of each other. That is how a Christian, number one, must relate to the Holy Spirit. If you are with me and you don't know me, there are times you may think the man is mad. Because you hear me say, Thank you, Holy Spirit. I love you, Holy Spirit. When I sit in my car, thank you, Holy Spirit, you are here. You see, when Bishop invited me and I stood up and I was going, I said, Holy Spirit, it's time, let's go. It's time, let's go. Most of the time, I tell him, I, I said, If you don't take the first step, I'm not moving. Go, I'm following you. You see, I'm conscious of him. He's a person in my life. He's a person. I've been preaching so many times since I came here. And before I came, he's the one that is helping me. The words that are coming out of my mouth, okay, as you can see, I'm not reading notes. He's the one that is speaking through me. 
I get what I'm saying. So you must take time from time to time within the day to have a little fellowship with you. I love you, Holy Spirit. I adore you. You are such a wonderful person in my life. I always tell you, thank you for helping me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you. You were right there. Ask some questions. What do you think? Holy Spirit, what do you think? When I'm going to a, meet, a, a meeting, I say, Holy Spirit, please, can you give me wisdom so that I'll say the right things? I love you, Holy Spirit. That is fellowship. That is fellowship. Is that not what friends do? How many of you agree that that's what friends do? That's what friends do. Yeah. So, Charlie, how? How? How are things? You can leave two ladies in a room in the morning. 6 a.m. Two ladies who are friends. Leave them in a room. Give them only water. Don't add food. Leave them 6 a.m. Come back at 6 p.m. 12 hours. They are still very happy and they still have a lot of things to talk about. Ladies, two of us. You see, that is fellowship. Look, they will start from the kitchen to the market to somebody's shop to shoes to skirts to Brazilian hair. They have a lot of things to say. So why don't you have anything to say to the Holy Spirit? That is how you relate. From today, may you begin to relate with Him. Have fellowship with Him. I said have fellowship with Him. I said have fellowship with Him. Because He's a real person. Yeah. There's a great man of God called Pastor Benihim. How many of you have heard of him before? He describes his experience when he encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time. And the whole experience was so overwhelming that the following day, when he woke up, the first words that came out of his mouth were, Holy Spirit, good morning. He said the reality of the Spirit was so strong that he knew that there was somebody with him. So when he woke up, the first that was Holy Spirit. Good, in fact, he has written a book on that. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Every time I wake up, when I open my eyes, first thing, thank you, Holy Spirit. Good morning. You have been with me throughout the whole night. I appreciate your presence. I tell him all the time. Why? Because he's a person. He's a person. Just like you are sitting by my sister here, that is how it is. You see, that is why I took my time to explain to you that the Holy Spirit is a person. Immediately you begin to understand that He's a person in your life. You can ask Him questions. You can discuss things with Him. You can worship Him. You can exalt Him. You can praise Him. Just like you praise the Father, you praise the Son, you can praise the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That is how you relate. Number two, koinonia means presence. 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 Alright? What does it mean? It means that, it means to seek the presence of the Holy Spirit. How do you seek His presence? By coming to Him. 
by coming to him. So this brother, come here. This brother, okay, throughout the day, from time to time, my fine time, he's working as a carpenter, he's working as a fisherman, he's working as a taxi driver, he's working at the factory, okay, but from time to time, he must consciously come to the Holy Spirit and be in his presence. And be in his presence. And be in his presence. Watch this. Watch this. Married people, especially married men and married women. There are so many married women. Listen to this. So many married women who have been given mansions to live in. Cars have been bought for them. Nice shoes have been given to them. Nice clothing have been given to them. There is money in the bank and yet they are not happy. And yet they are not happy. Do you know why they are not happy? Because they don't have the presence of the man. They don't have the presence of the man. The man is always traveling. The man is always traveling. But what a woman needs, a real woman in her heart, what she needs is not a car. No, no, no. What she needs is not a building. What a real woman needs is a man. That the man will be there. Eh? She'll cook the food for the man to eat. She's very happy. Serve the man. She's very happy. Talk with the man. She's very happy. That is what makes her happy. Now, we too, in our lives, we have abandoned the Holy Spirit. We don't go to his presence. When he wakes up, he leaves him. Just walking around. Walks around. And the Holy Spirit is there. Doesn't pay any attention. Doesn't pay any attention. You see, that is why God loved David. Because David was somebody who loved the presence of the Lord. <laughs> Look, and did you know that even God loves people who come to his presence? In Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 17, God says, I love those who love me, and they that seek me early shall find me. I love those who love me. How many of you realize that when you realize somebody loves you, you also begin to love the person? Love begats love. That is why married brothers, listen to me. Married brothers, listen to me. Don't leave your wife at home. Don't neglect your wife. If you keep neglecting your wife, soon an unscrupulous man will begin to build a relationship with her. And the woman is built to desire a relationship. And her heart gradually will be moving away from you. You can clap your hands for Jesus. Look, when he wakes up, he's just moving around. No, he's just moving around. Just moving. The Holy Spirit is there. But, you must relate through seeking his presence. You see, David, David was a man that God said, he's a man after my own heart. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. God said, I have found a man after my own heart. 
One of the reasons why David was a man after the heart of God was because David loved the presence of the Lord. It was David that said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Many of you, you don't love coming to the house of the Lord. Many Christians don't come to church. You don't come to church. You rather prefer cinema halls, theater halls, football stadium, boxing arenas, I mean, drinking sports, beer bars, a Christian. But you see, that is why there is no victory in your life. Because when there is victory, it's the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. The psalmist said in Psalm 16 verse 11, he said, because you are at my right hand, I shall not be moved. When you go to the presence of the Lord, the Lord is at your right hand. In other words, you are in His presence. And there is no power that can move you. So we must relate with the Holy Spirit by seeking His presence. In Psalm 42, David says something. He said, as the deer panted after the water brooks, so my soul pants after thee. My soul pants after the living God. Even my God. Then he asked a question. David asked a question and he said, When shall I come and appear before my God? In other words, David was saying, As I'm moving around, my heart is beating. Beating for God. I want to be in His presence. I want to come to His presence. I want to come to His presence. David cherished the presence of God when he went to take somebody's wife. Bathsheba. And God was judging him. In Psalm 51, David went to the presence of God and cried and said, Lord, have mercy upon me. He said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've sinned. And David spoke and spoke. And in verse 11, he says something. He said, please, please, create me a clean heart and renew a right spirit for me. Then he said, take not. Take not. Take not, take not the Holy Spirit from me. Take not. Yeah. He knew. He knew. He knew. God is waiting for you to come to His presence all the time. Amen. And in that presence, there is fullness of joy, and at the right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So whenever he goes to his, the presence of the Holy Spirit to fellowship with him, to enjoy his presence, in your presence there is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Your life will become meaningful. You have breakthrough. You have healing. You have prosperity. You have instruction if you can be enjoying the presence of Holy Spirit. But many Christians are busy. We can't go to his presence. We can't. Yeah. That's why we don't pray. No wonder when he doesn't pray. Sleep, sleep, sleep. Wake up. Wake up. Go to work. He's going to work. He has not prayed. He has not gone to his presence. He has not gone to his presence. Christians don't pray.
We spend our time in the presence of our children, in the presence of our spouses, in the presence of our teachers, in the presence of our pastors, in the presence of our colleagues at work, in the presence of everybody, but not in the presence of the Holy Spirit. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing, you go to His presence. Quiet, you know that song? I want to be where you are. Dwelling in your presence, feasting at your table, surrounded by your glory, in your presence. That's where I always want to be. I just want to be. I just want to be with you. The writer of this song is one of the greatest Christian musicians, Domoe. Domoe. Now listen to this. One time, one of our senior bishops, Bishop Eddie, was in Korea and heard that Domoe was dead. So he went to Domoe and asked him, why did you write that song? Why did you write that song? Give me some of your sheets. Why did you write it? I want to be where you are. Dwelling in your presence. Feasting at your table. Surrounded by your glory. In your presence. That's where I always want to be. I just want to be, I just want to be with you. So he explained to Bishop Ali. He said, I wanted to write a song to describe the Old Testament tabernacle. How you enter from the, the outer court and come into the holy place and enter into the holy of holies where the presence of God was. And he said, every time I wrote the lyrics, I realized that it didn't really reflect what I wanted to say, so I'll crumple it, and I'll throw it away. I'll write the words, and it, it will not reflect what I, want, I wanted to tell God. So I kept on, okay, until suddenly, I realized that actually, all that I wanted to tell God is that I want to be where you are, Dwelling in your presence, feasting at your table, surrounded by your glory, in your presence. That's where I always want to be. I just want to be. I just want to be with you. I just want to be where you are, dwelling daily in your presence. I don't want to worship from afar, coming near to where you are. I just want to be where you are. 
is that God wants us to give him recognition and attention. Yeah. Ever since Adam rebelled against God and was removed from the garden, God has been yearning for man to come to him. So when he came into the garden, Genesis 3, 8, he said, Adam, where art thou? And Adam had disappeared into the woods. Most of us have disappeared. God cannot find us. God misses us. I will never forget an experience that I had with the Lord one time. I have been in the presence of the Lord for a very long time. For hours. And just around the time that I was about to leave, the Lord said to me, Thank you. For coming to be with me. Thank you. For coming to be with me. Another time I was in the presence of the Lord and I've been there for a long time. And the Lord asked me a question. He said, He said, Have you seen how you love to be with your wife? I said, Yes. Then he said, It is in the same way that I want you to be with me. That is how to relate with the Holy Spirit. You go to His presence and just be there. And just be there. To enjoy His presence. And for Him to enjoy your presence. See, those of you who are married, brothers, have you seen? 
when you lift up your leg and put it on your wife's leg in the bed. And now there is a raining season, the weather is cold. When your alarm goes off at five, you put it off. You want to draw close. You want to feel warmer. That is what God is expecting from us. That is what communion means. To have communion with the Spirit means to be in His presence. And in His presence, there is fullness of joy and at His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I love to be in His presence. Yeah. <laughs> Recently, one of our missionaries came to spend some time with me. And around that time, I was going to wait upon the Lord. So I said, let's go. So we went. And when he wakes up, he'll go out, go and check something. He'll tell me, I want to go and check this in town. I want to go here. I want to go here. And for days, I was just there. He'll go the whole day and come, and I'll be in my room. And on the final day when we're going out, when we sat in my car, he said, Bishop, I have learned something. I said, what have you learned? He said, I am amazed that for days you did not step out. I only saw you in a room. Then I said, Lennox, that is where the power is. That is where the victory is. That is where the ministry becomes possible. That is where God speaks to you, pastors, who are busy running around. That is why you don't hear the voice of God. That is when God speaks to you. That is why He reveals the secrets of the ministry to you. That is why He shows you what to do in His presence. Love the presence of God on your own. On your own. Don't only come for congregational prayer meetings. On your own. Pray. Spend time before God. There will be more victory in your life. Many of the challenges in your life will just fall away as you spend time in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Number three. Communion means friendship. Friendship. Jesus said, henceforth, I do not call you servants, I call you friends. Amen. The Holy Spirit must be your friend. What do friends do? Friends chat. Friends share. Friends love each other. Hallelujah. Number four. Communion means partnership. Partnership. So, you are supposed in your life as a Christian to walk with the Holy Spirit arm in arm as your partner. Yeah. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has been sent into your life to help you. He can only help you if you form a meaningful partnership with Him. And all throughout the scriptures, you see the Holy Spirit. Okay? Working in partnership with the disciples. Working in partnership with the disciples. Let me give you some scriptures. 
Mark chapter 16 and verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord, listen to this, the Lord working with them and confirming the way with signs following. The Lord. Which, which Lord was working with them? Jesus had ascended and gone to heaven. So which Lord was helping them? The Holy Spirit. And watch. The Bible said, the Lord working with them. The Holy Spirit is your partner. He wants to work with you. Businessman. Businessman. The Holy Spirit knows all about the business. Your understanding of your business is very limited. He knows which contracts are good for you, which contracts are not good for you. He wants to work with you as a partner. And in that partnership, you are the junior partner. He's the senior partner. So as the junior partner, you must be going to him to ask him questions. This contract opportunity, is it a good one? Is it a good one? Should I sign it? Should I go for it? Should I hold on? Communion means partnership. He partnered the disciples. He partnered them. Yeah. In Acts chapter 13, he partnered them to choose the right people for the ministry. The Bible said that there were certain apostles and prophets and teachers. Paul, Saul, Barnabas and the rest who were ministering unto the Lord. And the Holy Spirit said, Separate unto me Barnabas and Paul for the work for the which I have called them. The Holy Spirit said. He spoke separate partnership. I need some people to go and work for me. Release Barnabas and Paul to go. Partnership. Pastors, church workers, he wants to partner us. Yeah? He wants to partner us. When my church was finishing in 2008, we dropped from 250 to about 140, 150 in a couple of months. And I was crying before the Lord and said, Lord, what must I do? You see, he was a partner. Then he said to me, move into sales. Clearly. He said, move into sales. He said, I told you about sales. You have not done it. Go back to sales. And I picked my phone and I called one of my senior most pastors and said, we are go- going back into sales. And we started the sales. In 2009, the church exploded. Partnership. 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 He wants to partner you to choose the right wife and to choose the right husband and to choose the right business and to choose the right business partner. He wants to partner you to select the right people as employees. Do you understand it? That, that is why it's in your life. So you must, you must discuss with him. You must go to him and say, Holy Spirit, I'll go for an interview. Five people are coming. Who is the right person? Because out of the five, one, one is coming for a fake certificate. One has not been to university, he has an university certificate. One has not went before, he has a CV that he went there, he went there, he went there, and you don't know by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. 
So as your partner, as your partner, he will show you. He will show you. He will show you. So you must partner with the Holy Spirit. Now, in Acts chapter 15, there was a crisis in the church. Some of the Jewish uh, believers had gone to make converts among the Gentiles and were insisting that the Gentiles had to do circumcision and obey Jewish laws. And it became a big problem in the church. And so, the elders in Jerusalem guarded and they deliberated on the matter and sent a letter. Now, in that letter, Acts chapter 15 and verse 28. And verse 28. This is what it said. For it seemed good. Listen to this. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Watch this. In the letter they said, we have considered the matter and the conclusion is that it seems good to the Holy Spirit and it also seems good to us. Partnership. We and the Holy Spirit, we agree that the Gentile believers should not be made to obey Jewish laws. Partnership. He will help you to take the decisions of your life. Look at your life. There are a lot of people here. Your life has been made up of one tragic mistake after the other. One tragic mistake after the other. And yet you are a Christian. And you say to yourself, why is God? God is in your life. The Holy Spirit is in your life. But you are not partnering with Him. You are just going by your human instinct. You are, you are asking people, so what do you think? Then they are giving you advice. But what about the Holy Spirit? That's why there's so much confusion. There's so much darkness in the lives of Christians. But from today, you are going to learn to walk with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Go to the Holy Spirit and talk to Him about the issue. Talk to Him. What must I do? How must I proceed? Yeah. I was telling you two days ago, about the recent decision that I was taking in my church. And I, I prayed for months. And I asked the Holy Spirit, show me, am I taking the right decision? And He showed me. He is my partner. He is my partner. Lift up your right hand. Say, the Holy Spirit is my partner. He is my partner. Say, He is my senior partner. I am the junior partner. He is the senior partner. Clap your hands for Jesus. He wants to show you where to go. <laughs> Acts chapter 16. Paul and his friends, they were preaching. They wanted to go to Bethania to go and preach. But you see, the Holy Spirit is their partner. He said, No, don't go there. Don't go there. Is that okay? 
We want to go to Phrygia. He wants to go to Phrygia. But the Holy Spirit is with him. And the Holy Spirit said, No. 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 Watch this. Acts chapter 16. Are you here or go home? Huh? Are you here or go home already? Wow. chapter 16. Now, from verse 6, when they have gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, let me read it in the NIV so that it will be simpler for us to understand. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Listen to me. Pastors. Now, this scripture is deep. It says, they were going to preach and the Holy Spirit said, no. Which means that there are times that you are preaching that the Holy Spirit said, no preaching. There are times that you decide to go and have some programs that the Holy Spirit said, no programs. There are times that you decide to go to certain places that the Holy Spirit will say, no. So, there are a lot of places that we are preaching. There are a lot of programs that we are having. There are a lot of things that we are doing in the ministry. We are doing it on our own. God has not asked us to do that at all. God has not asked you to do that at all. Yeah. One of the greatest prophets that ever lived, Papa Hagan, he ministered for 12 years as a pastor and a teacher. 12 years. At the end of 12 years, the Lord said to him, you have not entered phase one of your ministry. Then he said, why? He said, I, I did not call you to be a pastor and a teacher. I called you to be a prophet. You are walking around. You say, you are a pastor and a teacher. Hey, is it possible that we have been wasting our time? And watch this. The fact that you have taken some decisions and are, those decisions seem to be working does not mean that you are in the will of God. I remember many years ago when I was practicing medicine. I practiced medicine in the government sector. Then I started my own hospital. And it was flourishing. But I remember one time, one of our senior bishops, Bishop, Bishop Saki, he said to me, he said, he said, he said, Pastor Ntefo, you see, God has called you. But because your hospital is working, you think that you are in the will of God, but God has called you. God has called you. Hey, 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 hey! What is it that you are doing that God is saying, I'm not part of it? You are busy chasing a certain girl to marry her. Who has you to choose her? Who? 
God says in Psalm 32 and verse 8, listen to this, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eyes. God said, I will instruct you. I will teach you. I will guide you. Who is instructing you? How did you make that choice? You have made the choice based on outward appearance. Outward appearance. Christian brothers choose according to the sizes of hips. How large a hip is. One time Bishop Dad said he met a group of young missionaries who had no wives. So he told them to write down the characteristics of the woman that they would like to marry. And he said, I was shocked. People were writing the size of breasts, size of hips, size of thighs, size of bumps. Hey! This is not what we take to marry you. going to walk in partnership with the Holy Spirit? Let me see your hand. Are you going to walk in partnership with the Holy Spirit? That is how to relate to people. I'm talking about how a Christian can relate to the Holy Spirit. Through communion. Communion means fellowship. Communion means presence. Communion means friendship. Communion means partnership. 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 Hallelujah. Communion also means commander. Allow him to be your commander. Yes. How must he relate with the Holy Spirit? He must receive commandments and instructions from the Holy Spirit. Hello? Hello? Yes. Watch this. It was the Holy Spirit that commanded Paul and his people not to go to Asia, but to go to Macedonia. Go there. He gave them a dream. He gave Paul a dream. And through that dream, he realized that he had received an instruction to go to Macedonia. It was the Holy Spirit that commanded the apostles and the prophets and the teachers to separate Barnabas and Saul for the work. So, to relate with the Holy Spirit means you go to Him for instruction. You go to Him for instruction in your life. In your life. Never get up as a business person to say, I'm going to Dubai. Because that is where everybody is going now. Everybody is going there, but as God wants you to go there, receive instruction from Him. How many of Does it make sense to you? Because your unbeliever friends, watch this. Your unbeliever friends, do they also have a helper in their life? They have. I will show you the helpers in the life of your unbelievers. Number one, they depend on political connection. Look, 
you better make use of the Holy Spirit too. Because your friends, they also have helpers. Yeah. Only that, Apostle Paul said in 1 John 4, 4, My little children, you have overcome. Because greater is he who is in you than the devil. That is in the world. So your helper, the Holy Spirit, is greater than any other helper than any other person has. Are you clapping your hands for Jesus? Your unbelieving friends, you are doing business with them, you are selling at the market with them, they are using juju. They are using juju. They are using witchcraft. They are using black magic. They are using it. They have snake in the in their store that they talk to, that they see. Yes, they have. They have. When they enter their store, they say certain things. It can you know to touch it, to touch it, to That is why when you also step in your store, you must lift up the voice and say, Makayanda Karande, Shaka Manda, Aramandi Limo Hoka Lima Haya, Matarama Sanka Mondoko, Ikalama Limo Kolima Haya, Randine Mokoliba Handesekele, Makaliba Haya, lift up your voice and give the Lord a shout. Yeah. Yes. You see, one time, one of our pastors in England, he was attacked by somebody with a knife. Yeah. He was walking. Come. Then suddenly the guy came and put a knife on him and told him, Give him, give him your wallet. Give me your wallet. So he took his wallet and gave it to him. On the streets of England. When the criminal turned and he was going, our pastor turned and looked at him. And he opened his mouth and looked at me and said, Mashika, Otu Bahanda Kalimohote, Zobia Aduru Mosuko Maha Atonde. He started speaking in talks. Mandiria Atasekere. The criminal looked at him like that. He looked at him like that and ran back to him and gave him wallet and said, You look weird. You look weird. Your enemies will bow down to you because the greater one is in you. Lift up your voice and give the Lord a shout. Lift up your voice and begin to speak in the Holy Ghost. Speak in the Holy Ghost now. I am Lift up your voice and speak in the Holy Ghost. Stand to your feet, everybody. Lift up your hands. Speak in the Holy Ghost. Rani Behe Seke. Shalemoho. I 
Lift up your hands, speak in the Holy Ghost. The greater one is in you. 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 Greater is he who is in you than the devil who is in the world. My little children, you have overcome. You have overcome the world. You have overcome in your marriage. You have overcome in your business. You have overcome in your ministry. Because the greater one, the greater one, the greater one, the greater one. Access, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Sha ya 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 ya.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, relate with us by His abundant grace. And the love of God, God the Father, relates by His abundant love. It is because of His love that we are here. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the communion of the Holy Spirit, the presence, the friendship, the fellowship, the participation, the intimacy, the intimacy, communion means intimacy, being intimate. Communion means intimate, being intimate. Listen. It is when a married couple becomes intimate that they become fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. Brother Charlie, shake the hands of this lady. Have you shaken his hand? Leave him. Are you pregnant? You are not pregnant. She cannot be pregnant. Casual shaking, casual relationship doesn't bring more fruit. But Jesus said, if you abide in me, and I abide in you, then you bear fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. The reason why we are not bearing fruit is because we are not intimate with the Holy Spirit. One particular year, Especially towards the latter part of the year. I've been so busy preaching, moving around, and I realized that I have not had a good quality time with the Lord for a long time. So I decided to go and view him. One whole week, I was in a forest somewhere. And on one of the days, as I was in his presence, I felt the intimacy. You see, intimacy talks about romance, love. He said, I want to be here. And I felt his, such a strong presence. I broke down and I started to weep like a baby. And I felt in my heart how much I had missed the Lord. And right in the midst of, the, of that, the Lord told me, I've also missed you. I've also missed you. Ale Moshaya. Hey. The Holy Spirit is a special person in your life. Lift up your hands. Awesome God, how great there You are God, my Lord. I am here. You said it all of your holy Lord, we bow and worship you. You are awesome, awesome God.
the Holy Spirit. and lift up your voice and speak to the Holy Spirit right now. Tell Him how much you love Him. Tell Him how much you desire Him. Tell Him how much you want to walk with Him. Invite Him into your business. Invite Him into your home. Invite Him into your ministry. Invite Him into your life. Ask Him to take charge. Ask Him to begin to walk with you. Speak with Him now. on a few people you are standing in the church but you know that your life is dry it is not as it used to be you can't pray anymore you don't pray when you read the scriptures it doesn't make sense anymore there is a certain joy that is no more there you come to church alright but it is not the same tonight the Holy Spirit will revive you. Step forward. I want to lay my hands on you and pray for you. Step forward. Upstairs. Downstairs. Just come. You are God. My
Let your living water Let up your Let you live in water. Let you. 
of the Holy Spirit the gifts of God 
1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah. But the manifestation of the gift is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. That gift is going to be distributed to man. The word of wisdom. What is the word of wisdom? God gives you wisdom. You just know what to do. You just know what to do. When the word of wisdom is operating in your life, you know what to do. Hallelujah. To another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. Where you just have some facts. You just know. It's different from know what to do, but you just know. A brother approaches you to propose marriage to you. When the gift of the word of knowledge is operating, you just know that this is a 419 brother. You just know. You just know. You just know. To another faith, that is supernatural faith. When this gift is upon you, you are not afraid of anything. Yeah. When the late Archbishop Idahosa read that by having faith you could raise the dead. Do you know what he did? He went to town. Asking, is there any place that anybody is dead? He just went to the town. Asking, is there any place until he rolled from the morning to the evening and came to a funeral ground where a little girl had died. They said, I'm coming to raise and raise the little girl back to life. That is the supernatural gift of faith. One bishop is my friend. God has used him to raise up nine people from the dead. Including his own mother. When his mother died, he put his mother in a car and drove around the city and refused for the mother to, to die until he raised up the mother back to life. May the Holy Spirit impart that gift to you. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Supernatural gift of faith. To another, the gifts of healing. Yeah. When this gift is operating in your life, it's one of the gifts that operates in the life of Jesus. Healing miracles take place all the time. When this gift is operating in your life, you pray for the sick and the sick get healed. Amen? To another, the working of miracles. When this gift is operating in your life, you will see miracles after miracles after miracles after miracles. Miracles don't happen because you want them. They happen because the gift of miracles is operating in your life. Yeah. They said of Jesus, a man confirmed of God by signs and wonders. May you move into signs and wonders. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. To another prophecy. To another descendant of spirits. Alright. When the gift of descendant of spirit is working in you. Anytime you come across an evil spirit or a, a familiar spirit or a spirit which is not a curse, you, 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 you get it. You, 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 you pick it up. 
in the ministry of Oral Roberts, God told him, when you lay your hands on the sick to pray for them, and your hand begins to bend, it is a sign that the disease is caused by an evil spirit. You see, all these things, we don't see them in the church anymore. Gone are the days when people will rise up in the midst of our meeting and prophesy. And prophesy. It is because the Holy Spirit is a forgotten helper. He's not operating. But how many of you are happy that we are going back to you? Clap your hands for Jesus. not linked. One time, Bishop Doug was having a miracle wave convention and there was a brother who had come from Norway. He went to study in Norway. So he knew the Norwegian language. Now, as the bishop was preaching and speaking in tongues, the brother sat in the service and said, when did bishop learn Norwegian language? When? Because everything he was speaking, he understood it in Norwegian. In Acts chapter 2, when the, the, the apostles started to speak in tongues, the people gathered and said, what does it mean? How can we hear all of them speaking in our languages? There have been times that evangelists have mounted a platform, alright, and spoken and preached in a language that they have never learned before. But I don't know how to speak real. So that I come here for a crusade, and when I start, I speak fluent Creole, preach in it, and when I finish and I say, Amen, let us go home. I don't preach that. I don't speak it again. Diverse kinds of tongues. Hallelujah. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all this worked that one and the same self-spirit, dividing to every man severally as well. I want you to lift up your hands. Pray and ask the Lord to impart a gift unto you right now. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Sing that song, Holy Spirit, move me now. Lift up your voice and pray. Yes. Holy Spirit, yes. move me now. Make my life again. Come on, pray. Of the gift of the Spirit, working of miracles, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, tongues, tongues of tongues, interpretation of tongues, supernatural gifts of faith, working of miracles. Lift up your voice, pray, pray, pray.
Mr. Let up your hands. Oh, yes. Let up your hands. Holy Spirit impart our lives. Let it be a release of your kiss. Let it be a release of your kiss. Let it be a release of your kiss. Let it be a release of your gift. In the name of Jesus. Prophecy. Thanks. Diverse thanks. Interpretation of thanks. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. The gift of faith. The gifts of healings. The working of miracles. Descending of spirits. Lift up your hands now. It's been imparted. The power of God is changing your life. The power of God is changing your life. The power of God is changing your life. We believe you have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegono, opposite the Collegono Main Gate. Our service times are Early Rain Service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope Service, Local Languages Services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith Service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant View Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our Midweek Impartation Service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiries, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again, 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you. Glorify